Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astros! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H-Town Hardball. To the count. A swing at him as he got him. And we are back here on Go, Go Astros. Ryan Presley, that was Ryan Presley closing it out in the top of the eighth to therefore allow my blood pressure to go back to normal. Andy Tom Cheston is with us. Brian Arbor is not, but you can read his excellent Substack breaking down the game. Andy, uh, overall impressions of game one of the American League Championship Series in which the evil Astros played the equally evil Yankees? No, I, I saw a number of um, reporters mostly unaffiliated with either team claiming that America was now rooting for the Yankees since the Houston Astros are the most hated team in the history of baseball, which congratulations guys, we've made it. It took 60 years. We, ne- we actually have an identity and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here for it too. Uh, overall impressions of the game. JV started rough, got better. And I, I think got exponentially better to the point that I think it actually ended up saving the game and therefore saving the bullpen. Um, what it looked like to me was a team that had played in four different cities in five days against a team that's been sitting around for four days waiting to figure out who they were going to play. Um, you had a tired bullpen against a rusty starter and not necessarily in that order, but, um, it was very interesting to me that, and we were messaging back and forth, Verlander had thrown almost 70 pitches at the close of the third inning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having watched his last playoff start, I think all of us were kind of going, you know, it'd be good if he could get through the fourth at this point, um, because that was, you know, not unheard of that he was going to throw another 25 pitches at that point. But something happened in that fourth inning where he and Maldonado figured out whatever was going on with his location and his um, inability to throw strikes. And he got real efficient, real quick. Um, and uh, basically won the game. Yeah. I know the home runs mattered, but um, Verlander doesn't pitch as well. The game gets out of hand pretty quickly, I think. And um, that's what having a veteran ACE does for you in your lineup. And, you know, hopefully we don't have to throw him again in this series because we win in four. Not predicting that, but um, I, I'm happy to see him in Yankee Stadium if he does get to pitch again. This, well, this and you, you know, speaking of our messages, you nailed it. You nailed, you nailed, hit the nail on the head at the end of the second. He wasn't getting any swing and miss on a slider. Um, and then he kind of went away from the slider and then he came back to the slider and all of a sudden it was effective. I think it just speaks in, in comment on this. Like it shows you that's the difference between a guy who's been doing this for a long time and somebody who has not done this at all to be able to be able to sort of figure it out mid game like that. Yeah. And you can look at, you know, our rotation, not too long ago, um, 2018, 2019 Fromber would have absolutely melted down uh, in the situation where he was throwing a lot of pitches and not everything was going exactly right. And he gave up a home run to a frankly light hitting center fielder. And uh, you could see a lesser a person of lesser mental fortitude, crumbling under that pressure because it's a big deal you're one of the final four teams in major league baseball for the season your team has a chance to go back to the world series um and you're playing the flagship franchise of major league baseball um that's why you have a justin verlander on your roster because 
he has demonstrated throughout his career that he will step up in that occasion. The offense uh, was a little erratic, I would say. And, um, you know, we, the runners on second and third with less than two outs to not get a run there really just is the ultimate of pissing me off. I guess maybe it was bases loaded Uh, either way. Is this just a function of what you talked about three games in 13 days or four games now in 14 days, not having any real rhythm on offense? I think the offense is rusty, but I think, and I don't want to put this on one guy because yesterday nobody out of the top four hit except for top five, except for Jeremy Pena, who arguably, arguably the MVP of the game. Um, when Altuve starts hitting, the offense will start rolling. And unfortunately, right, wrong, or indifferent, that is what you need to know about the Houston Astros in 2022. He is in the middle of an 0 for 19 slump. He did take some pitches uh, last night, which was amazing compared to what he did against Seattle, where he seemed to be hacking at every first pitch. Um, actually drew a walk. And that's the best offensive output he's had in now four games of this postseason. This is a guy who up until the last game of the season uh, had climbed all the way to 300 with what, 28 home runs, uh, got his OPS up to 917, 918, uh, had a very, very good season. And this is a very, very small sample size. It is four games where he hasn't done much, maybe five, depending on how you want to count game three against Seattle. You know, it was 18 innings. Um, you have eight at bats, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. Uh, but I imagine he's got so much pressure on him to perform. And he has a history of breaking out of these things, just like he has a history of falling into these slumps. The good news is the slumps don't last a really long time, generally. Um, but for the, for the offense to really get rolling, he's the pulse. He's the heartbeat. He's what we all gave George Springer credit for being. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, both of the people on this show right now were very, very nervous about what this team was going to be when it lost George Springer. And honestly, Altuve filled that role without much of, without much of an issue. Um, Alvarez is getting pitched around, as you would expect. Bregman is picking his spots. I've got no issue with Bregman. Uh, Jeremy Pena has been a revelation in the playoffs, which is yeah. fantastic for him. Um, hopefully, you know, it continues. And, you know, Inconsistent offense. We got our one hit out of Mar- Martin Maldonado for a series. And then the guy got all heady and tried to bunt. Um, <laughs> and then he had the hardest, like the exit velo on that butt was 90 or something. It was, exactly. I think it was harder than his base hit. Yeah. Um, but you got production from the bottom part of the lineup, which any good team is going to have to have. But for fans to see what they want to see, Altuve is the key to that. And he's the one who's going to have to be. Uh, gonna have to figure out a way to turn it up and not get a base. I don't really care about hits at this point. He just needs to be a base runner, be an active part of the offense, and not almost an automatic out at this point. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of what we saw about George Springer in 2017, move him down in the lineup, this and that. I think to your point, Altuve can snap at it at any time, and then he becomes the hardest out on the field. So I don't think, um, I don't think moving it around particularly while winning seems like a very smart thing to do. Yeah, no, I, there's Astro fans are great at this. Uh, it started with the Seattle series. We've got to bench Altuve. When's Altuve going to ride the pine and think about what he's done? I mean, just, just 
punitive nonsense. Go to your room and think about <laughs> that. A week ago, we were all, you know, he's probably on track to, you know, it's going to take some good luck, but hit three three thousand hits. That's that's attainable. He's a guy that could be a Hall of Famer. To literally a week and a half later, he needs to be benched, and he really needs to think about what he's done. Um, and it's why I hate Astros Twitter. It's why I hate the Astros Twitter community. Um, it doesn't do us any favors on this show. I, I apologize, but my disdain is hard to hide when you have just idiot takes like that. He is going to continue to bat lead off per, barring injury for the rest of the postseason. There is nothing that's going to change that. Um, you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at Kyle Tucker for rolling over on an outside pitch that he had no business even swinging at uh, with one out in the bases loaded. Look, and at first I saw a tweet about it and thought it was incorrect and unfair. And then when I went back and watched it, and yeah, he didn't like if he would have busted it down the line, he would have beat the throw. Yeah. Like the throw was bang, bang, and he did not put in the effort you're used to seeing. I am so he was just as pissed off as the rest of us that he swung yeah. at that horrible pitch. Totally, totally. Um, one of the things that I've seen out of Yankees Twitter has been. Oh, we punted the game. We put our worst three relievers in, uh, to which, and I want your comment on that. You've used the worst three relievers you've had because you've used your best for four days in a row, and you can't do that and be sustainable. Um, overall, let's look at the two bullpens. You do have the Yankees. What I thought about after the game was over, you know, we used um, Montero. We used Neris. We used Presley. But then I thought about the guys who weren't used. Abreu, who's Abreu's been nails. Javier, uh, <clears throat> Hunter Brown, uh, Ryan Stanek, all these guys that have just been really just as effective as the other three. Where does this matchup stack up for you as far as what the Astros have in the bullpen versus the, the Yankees? Uh, the Astros bullpen is better than the Yankees bullpen. And I know I'm, you know, I say things out loud like that and it's going to cause problems for people because we'll lose a game and it's it's my fault and i'll own that right um but the astros statistically this year the astros bullpen is better than the yankees bullpen the rested astros bullpen is better than the tired yankees bullpen so even if you think they're really evenly matched there is no getting around the amount of games the yankees have had to play with their starters not being great most of those games having to use and their uh, relievers in very high leverage situations. They also don't have everybody they thought they were going to have in their bullpen. Um, whereas everybody in the Astros bullpen is healthy. I mean, there's one, unless you're really hung up on James ever coming back to pitch, uh, which he's not. Um, I know there's some Twitter fans that are going to be mad if I said about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally it's we're healthy we're well rested we're using our guys judiciously the yankees haven't had that luxury and that's if these are two evenly matched teams that's the difference i also think happen to think that our rotation is better than their rotation um cole and uh nasty nester are great and uh, those are going to be tough games for us but severino um the guy who went last night i'm not as worried about those guys if we have to face them again um it, their their rotation isn't lined up because they didn't take care of their business during the ALDS their division series against the Indians they also and didn't take care of their business when they could have put a roof on when they built new Yankee Stadium I mean there's some truth to that as well uh but that I think that's the ultimate issue it's just you've got a team that is better positioned than the other and if everything else is even offensively 
there is an advantage to be had that's the Astros have it right now. Um, and that's, that doesn't mean they're going to win the series. I think they will, but the Yankees could get hot. Um, I think the other thing, and I'm probably going to talk offense a little bit for the Yankees, the Yankees, I know Bader hit a home run. I know Rizzo hit a home run and that's great, but they had like six base runners outside of those two hits. Well, I do want to get to that. And there's a lot of all this shock and awe, I guess, about, them striking out 17 times, but isn't that who they are? They are the ultimate true outcome baseball team where they're either hitting it over the fence or they're not hitting it at all, or they're walking. And yeah, 17 is a lot, but they're not used to, it's not abnormal for them to have 13 or 14 in a game. I mean, it seems like this is who they are. No, it's, they're a big swinging team and you've got Stanton uh, on the downside of his career. I'm going to say that he's going to hit two home runs tonight. Uh, you've got Judge, who is great, but strikes out a lot. Um, you've got Rizzo, same kind of profile. Uh, and that has been who the Yankees have typically built their teams around is these high power, high strikeout guys, which is fine. It works for them. Um, but I think that's what you're seeing is it's not shocking what the Astros did last night. It, it kind of plays into what the seasons have been. And at the end of the day, the Astros happen to be two runs better. When these teams played seven times, the Astros led through the ninth inning in all seven games, and only Aaron Judge was able to save them the two times that the Astros did manage to win. Um, that bodes well. Doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot at the end of the day, but it's it's a nice sign. Uh, but I think their offense has flaws, and I think if it's possible for Astros fans to believe their bottom part of their order is worse than our bottom part of the order. Yeah, those I mean, of you that cringe when you see McCormick and Maldonado in the lineup, I mean, could be worse. Well, I mean, and then they, them losing Aaron Hicks, um, I know wasn't a big offensive producer, but he was very steady for that team. Yep. Uh, it's they're definitely a team in, in a bit of disarray. I do want to get. Hoping, they were hoping to have Lemayhew back for the series too, and the fact that he wasn't on the roster was, I think, a pretty big blow. So you lose Hicks, you lose Lemayhew. Matt Carpenter but, still isn't right after his broken yeah, foot. Yeah, um, it's they they've got some health issues. Um, all that's to be said, they could beat Frommer tonight. Um, yeah, they're gonna, be, they're gonna be tough in New York because um, I I do think these teams are very evenly matched, uh, which it doesn't help my anxiety level at all. Doesn't help my desire to throw things at my large TV when you know you roll over on an outside breaking ball to hit into a double play that you don't bother to run down the you know there's a lot of stuff going on yeah it's not Kyle Tucker's fault that I have anxiety no no and and look I think you brought up something where yeah they could lose tonight and then Astro Sky is falling if only there's a previous historical example of the Astros splitting the first two games of an ALCS then going to New York and coming back and winning in six oh wait there absolutely is that's how it went in 2019 um, as we kind of get close to ending this this much quicker edition of Go Go Astros, it wouldn't be playoffs without Roofgate. Um, you and I were talking about just the Astros again, talking about anxiety that maybe is is real or not. Who knows? Um, maybe break down for those of us. You know, I know we have some people that are not Astros fans that watch. Why the Astros fans in particular have an issue with the gate with the roof? Excuse me, and more importantly why we have an issue with the fact that we don't like being told what to do with said roof. Well, the initial issue is this belief that the physics of sound uh, being what they are, if the roof is closed, it's louder. 
sound is contained in the space, it's louder in that space. That's, I think, a thing that people understand. So if the roof is open, it won't be as loud in theory. Fans could yell louder and make it okay. You went to the University of Texas. You've been in Texas DKR Memorial Stadium when it's been very loud. I went to Texas A&M. Kyle Field does not have a roof. It is very loud. Yeah. Uh, you can make noise without a roof. The bigger issue is that in 2005, a little history lesson from Grandpa Andy here, um, the Astros advanced to their first World Series. And before that World Series, the then commissioner and somehow still owner of the Milwaukee Brewers at that point, um, which longer story that we want to get into is why the Astros are in the American League now, uh, came to Houston and said, well, no, the roof is going to be open for TV because the Astros aren't in charge of their own stadium. Major League Baseball runs the World Series. And so we were forced to open the roof for the two games that we played in Houston, and we got swept in that World Series. And those of us who have memories that go back that long hold it against Bud Selig, along with a number of other things, like having to play hurricane games in Milwaukee against the Cubs. In a neutral site. Neutral site that's three (laughs) hours away. Um, But that's, I mean, ultimately that's the big issue is that Nobody, and I think Texans in general, we have a lot of stereotypes. Not all of them are great right now, but we don't like being told what to do. And nobody who, you know, runs a stadium for 162 games and then two rounds of the playoffs wants to feel like, oh, well, somebody's coming in and taking away something we consider an advantage. Now, whether it's an advantage or not, you know, I couldn't say. My belief before you reminded me today was that we were 0-2 with the roof open during the playoffs, those two World Series games I mentioned. Um, because you evidently believe that we played baseball after the American League Championship Series last year, which I don't recall at all. I know that I have a Jose Altuve championship ring from something. (laughs) Could easily be a fever dream. I haven't looked really closely, but in your mind, in this fantasy world, we went one and one in those roof open games. Um, At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The team's going to play where they're going to play. They play a lot of their games without roofs on stadiums, and they seem to do just fine. They won 106 games this year. The bigger issue for me is anybody feeling that Major League Baseball has come in and set a mandate when the same front office that would say that, the same head office of Major League Baseball, was refused to get involved with Atlanta's controversy with the chop last year because baseball's a regional game and we yeah. don't involve ourselves with the day-to-day. And for clarity to, to, to people listening, that was actually the same press conference. He said both things, that we're in charge of the roof, and but racism is local. I don't know why people love hate Rob Manford. He's so easy to like. So easy to like. So let's look at the rest of the series. Um, you talked about the fatigue factor. How much is one day off tomorrow going to matter for the Yankees in particular when you have five straight days again after that? Or do you think this is a compounding pr- problem for them? Um, I don't think it. it's hard to say because these are really high leverage games. And I would assume not having played in any of them. The higher leverage the game, the higher the anxiety is, the more toll it takes on you mentally and therefore physically. I, I think that's a, that's a train of thought I can get behind. So for the Yankees, there has been no break for them since, what, last Thursday nights, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right? So they played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 
Even with like, the rainouts, you're still showing up to the park and doing all your work. Well, and- they, they went through the whole thing other than playing the game on that Sunday night, which pushed them to Monday. I mean, it was, or excuse me, Monday to Tuesday. And then they have to turn around, and get on a flight to Houston. Um, it's a lot. We've seen it with the Astros and we've talked about it. And I think most baseball fans know when you see a team at the end of a long game streak or a long road trip, that team loses those games because they're just tired and everybody kind of chalks it up to, you know what? They just need to rest. I guarantee you the pillows at whatever hotel the Yankees are staying at tonight felt really good last night. Um, Even if they did some crying into them because of the result, let's assume. Um, But I, I think they are really looking forward to tomorrow whatever the outcome of tonight is because they are going to get to go home sleep in their own beds tonight uh, and prepare for the game Saturday Sunday and Monday um, that's it, that's their saving grace but tonight could be rough for them especially from bullpen, bullpen standpoint I think where you see fatigue really set in is not necessarily offensively it's defensive miscues and pitching because pitching we, is such we, we saw that twice. We saw we saw um Stanton misplay a ball off of the left field wall. And then while Judge made two excellent plays, he also misplayed a ball off the right field wall that allowed McCormick to score from first. So you've already seen that a little bit. Well, and it's I mean, in the case of Stanton, it's more than just fatigue, it's rust. He hadn't played left field since sometime in July, according to the broadcast last night. So we're talking three months since he's fielded a ball. Um, I think he did pretty well considering that, but um, every everything hit to the left field was a little bit of an adventure. And like you said, Judge misplayed a ball that led to a run in a two-run game. That's a pretty big deal. Um, so I think you continue to see that. I think we see a more true representation of the Yankees team from this year on Saturday than we will tonight. On Saturday. Okay, so um, I, I think trying to do a, a prediction on an individual baseball game is silly. I believe you had the Astros in five. I have them in six. There's no reason to back away from those. However, is it a must-win game for either team tonight? Well, teams that win game one of the best of the seven series, best of seven series in Major League Baseball, win the series 64.3% of the game. That is my Brian contribution for today. And read his uh, Yeah, they're um, – and I'm sure the odds get higher if the Astros go up up to go up 2-0 versus splitting those first two games. What you would love to see is the Astros win beyond just our own personal desires because it means no matter what happens in New York, we potentially come back home to wrap up the series. Um, that's the safer route. But if we lose tonight, it's not the end of the world because, as you said, at scant three years ago, we ran the same script. Um and it could work out like it worked out in 2017 where we won the first two at home and then lost three in a row in New York badly. Uh, so it, it's almost it, like they had a, a better offensive approach at home in 2017. I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons it could have happened. I think they were good with their system. Um, I think Carlos Beltran alluded to the fact that they were good with their. I mean, you know, there's a lot of a lot of factors. You already alluded to it on MLB Network. I, I, is it allude when you say this is what we did? <laughs> well, uh, apparently it's allude because no one ran with it. But yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Um, no, I think from a prediction standpoint for tonight, I, I want to see Fromberg go six innings strong. Um, he has the c- 
capability out of all of our starters really to be the guy that goes deep, deep into a game. Um, if he is throwing ground balls and we are not doing stupid things, um, it should be a quick moving game. Uh, we've got to get the front part of our offense on track though. Yeah. I got to get it on track. I like Fromberg tonight and particularly after watching how badly the Yankees looked against everybody's curveball, right? Like everybody's curveball, they looked equally silly. It didn't matter where it was thrown in the zone. And when I think about that, and I think about what Fromberg does well, it, it bodes well for me. And like you said, hitting things on the ground to a team that only scores home runs seems like a good formula to win. Yeah. Um, the, it, I, things look on the upswing for the Astros as far as tonight's game is concerned, but you still have to play them. Got to play them. All right. Well, will we be back? tomorrow to break down uh, last night's game. Andy, thanks so much for jumping on. Go Strohs. Go Strohs. Hopefully Brian's with us tomorrow because I won't have to say stats and numbers again. If we, we both hope that, Andy. We'll talk to you soon.